Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome once again to High Desert Radio, the voice of the Jewish Federation of New Mexico. I'm David Wolf. Recently, the government of Spain instituted a program through which Sephardic Jews and other individuals of Sephardic descent worldwide are eligible to become citizens of Spain and thus of the European Union. The Jewish Federation of New Mexico is the world's only organization approved by Spain to certify both Sephardic Jews and non-Jews of Sephardic descent for eligibility. Indeed, over 500 individuals from around the world have applied for Spanish citizenship through our federation. In this episode of High Desert Radio, Dr. Sarah Koplik, the Federation's Director of Community Outreach, sits down with attorney Luis Patero de la Torre of Spain to discuss the program and the Jewish Federation of New Mexico's global impact. To learn more or to apply for Spanish citizenship, please visit our Sephardic Heritage Program website at SephardicCertificate.org. Hello, my name is Sarah Koplick, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach at the Jewish Federation of New Mexico. Today, we're here with Mr. Luis Portero de la Torre, who is an immigration lawyer from Spain. Um, and today, we're talking about a law that was passed in 2015 that enables Sephardim, people who have Spanish-Jewish heritage, and their descendants to obtain Spanish citizenship for a, a, a three-year period. So I guess my first question to you, Luis, is why did the Spanish government decide to pass this law? To right around, pretty much. Um, it all started in the second half of the 19th century, and this law is just a culmination of a progressive um, process of approach of the Spanish government and the Jewish communities all over the world. So what the Spanish government is doing with this law is writing a wrong basically, because there is no um, dark intentions or any issues regarding um, the attraction of a Jewish capital or anything like that. So it's just uh, the, the, the issue really is writing a run of the past. To, to apologize for the Inquisition? Uh, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, recognizing the cruelty of the massive expulsion of the Jews since 1492. Wow. My goodness. Um, and I know from, you know, as a historian, I know that the Spanish government certainly protected Jews in Egypt and in Greece um, in the 19, what, from the 20s? 19, 1948. In December of 1948, they approved that a royal decree to protect families, Sephardic families, from Egypt and from uh, Greece. Wow, You're right. my goodness. And so this is a continuation of that. Correct, in a sense. correct. And so there was a previous law, but it was more strict, correct? A little bit before. The uh, first law approved was in December of 1924. Oh, wow. It was a royal decree approved in the Primo de Rivera dictatorship, which allowed during World War II uh, to save 
thousands of lives from the Nazis. And this law uh, in the 30s it allowed the Spanish government to grant the Spanish citizenship to 3,000 Sephardic Jews. And like I said, it also allowed many diplomats in Bucharest, in, uh, in France, in Lisbon, in Salonica, uh, in Budapest, to save thousands of lives of Jews uh, who escaped from the Nazis. Um, after that, in 1948, the Spanish government approved a royal decree to protect and give the Spanish nationality to many families from Greece and from Egypt. After that, in, 19, uh, in the 80s, in the 1980s, the Spanish government modified the civil code to allow Sephardic Jews to gain the Spanish citizenship by legally residing in the country for only two years, whereas the general rule is 10 years, a 10-year a ten, a ten legal residence in Spain in order to apply for and obtain the Spanish citizenship. Uh, in, in 1987, the Spanish king declared for the first time in Temple Tifereth Israel in Los Angeles that the massive expulsion of the Jews was cruel and unjust, and that came very close to an apology. In 1991, a very important award, the Príncipe de Asturias, the Premio Príncipe de Asturias de la Concordia, was awarded to the Sephardic communities all over the world, and that was a very emotional event for all the Sephardic communities all over the world. And I remember that uh, the speech given by the representative of the uh, Sephardic community was given in Ladino, in the Judeo-Español of the 15th century, uh, the language that Cervantes spoke at the time. Um, so like I said, this is a progressive process of approach of the Spanish government towards the Jews and this law is a way of saying um, we are sorry for what we did in the past there's nothing we can do about it because you know uh, there's nothing to they can do to repair the pain and suffering of the many families who were persecuted killed and uh, um, expelled from the country but uh, at least it's a way of recognizing the pain and suffering and giving back the Spanish nationality to Spanish brothers, to Spanish Jewish brothers, who were always Spaniards, but now have the right to recover uh, the right uh, to feel a Spaniard, um, the, 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 the right to have the Spanish citizenship, because they've been always Spaniards. But this law is giving them back what they lost in 1492. It's ex extraordinary. I didn't realize it's almost a hundred year history of real teshuva, of, as we say, of, of returning, of, of making amends. And, um, and in that respect, I think Spain is, there, we just don't know of anyone else, well, and Portugal, who have, have done that. <clears throat> well, in a way, I'm very proud of my king, because um, the Spanish king, not only Philip uh, VI, but also Juan Carlos I, uh, already met many times with the leaders of the Sephardi communities all over the world. And the new king, Philip VI, has met with the leaders of the Sephardic communities at least five times. Uh, he's been king of Spain for only two years. So we're talking about uh, a priority for the Spanish king, you know, um, giving audiences, you know, official audiences in, in the Palacio uh, Real, in the uh, Palacio de la Zarzuela, to the leaders of the Sephardic communities all over the world. It's not just politics, it's not just legislation, but also political gestures and royal gestures uh, gestures of, you know, um, to the Jewish uh, communities all over the world.
Thank you. So two years ago, I met you mm -hmm. when you came to Albuquerque for the first time. I remember it was very cold. <laughs> it back was in very January cold, <laughs> indeed. Of 16. And um, so since that time, the Jewish Federation of New Mexico has become involved because we're one of the organizations that certifies uh, individual Sephardi heritage. Um, and what I found, and so it's, so part of my work at the Jewish Federation is to read people's genealogies and histories and learn their stories of their ancestors and, and all the way to, to current day of, of how that they've maintained Judaism, um, not just for people who are openly Sephardi, but also for those who are, have a converso background, a crypto-Jewish background, who are forced to convert to Catholicism during the Inquisition times. And it is, it's been very powerful for me personally. It's been an extraordinary work. Um, but, I, I, but I also want to ask you a little bit more about this process because I think that there are a lot of people out there who are very interested in becoming Spanish citizens. So, I, so can you tell me a little bit more about who is eligible? Before I get into the topic, I'd like to add <clears throat> to my previous uh, words that this law would have not been possible without the intervention of a few people who were very important to the approval of the law. Isaac Kerub, president of the Federation of Spanish, um, of the Jewish Federation of Spanish Communities, Alberto Ruiz Gallardón, former Minister of Justice, and uh, Gabriel Elorriaga, former congressman of the Popular Party, which is the government party in Spain, were three key persons in the approval of this law. Um, um, there were other people involved, uh, but these three uh, were very important for this law to be announced and then approved by the Spanish government. So I'd like to, uh, to add that uh, to my previous words. And, and getting into, um, uh, to answer your question, um, the law, as opposed to the Portuguese law, is open to Jews and non-Jews who can demonstrate show that they have a Sephardic ancestry, meaning that they descend from the families who were uh, expelled or forced to convert to the Catholic religion starting in 1492. And so again, it's open to Jews and non-Jews. Portugal opens um, its arms to Jewish people who can show that they descend from Orthodox Jewish families who were expelled from Portugal in 1497. Uh, so it's a different approach. Um, the beautiful thing about Spain is that, like I said, it's open to Jews and non-Jews. And Portugal forgot that there is a big community of conversos who have the right to claim the Portuguese or the Spanish citizenship. And I am glad that the Spanish government took this into account um, because this is very important. Um, basically, you have to show um, that you have um, Sephardic ties, that you have Sephardic ancestry, and in order to do that, the best way of doing it is by getting a certificate uh, proving your Sephardic heritage signed by the President of the Federation of Jewish Communities of Spain or and or signed by the President and or Rabbi of a Jewish community. And this is where the Jewish Federation of New Mexico uh, comes to, pay, to, to play a key role in this process because the Jewish Federation of New Mexico uh, is able to certify uh, by means of a letter signed by the president and rabbi of the organization that an applicant qualifies to 
apply for the Spanish citizenship because he or she has a Sephardic ancestry. Um, the Jewish Federation of New Mexico is the only organization in the world, together with the Asociación Israelita de Venezuela, which is certifying the Sephardic ancestry to non-Jews who descend from Jewish families who were expelled or forced to convert to the Catholic religion. The only two organizations in the world doing it, other than the genealogists in Israel who are working in this process too, including Professor Dova Cohen at the University of Barilan in Israel, or the Instituto, the Estudios um, para uh, Anusim at uh, Bet um, in Netanya, in Netanya. There you go, uh, Professor right. Buzaglo. Right, the studies for uh, Sephardi Buzaglo. and Anusim studies. There you go. And the University of Netanya. Very important, uh, the role that the Federation of New Mexico is playing, definitely, because many applicants from New Mexico and from other states in the U.S. and from other countries are coming to the Jewish Federation of New Mexico to try to get um, his or her Sephardic certificate. And so far, in fact, in the past two years, we've certified almost 500 applicants and coming from Venezuela, from Mexico, from the United States, and as far away as now we ha even have an applicant from Guinea in West Africa. Um, and it, it's really, it's been an extraordinary process. And so for me, as the eligibility is so much larger, what we found in many applicants is greater awareness of their Jewish heritage and their Jewish past, and also the suffering of their Jewish ancestors. We found a lot of individuals who find this process very emotional um, and very deeply powerful on a personal level. Um, and when they start to talk about their stories, oftentimes we'll, we'll cry and remember the way that their grandparents behaved or even their parents. And sometimes I have individuals who are young, young people who aren't even aware of their, this, oh, these unusual family customs that they do that other people don't, um, that are actually Jewish. Um, but I also know that this process is very bureaucratic. And so I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the steps that are entailed in the process. If you, if you have Sephardic heritage, how do you become a Spanish citizen? Okay, first of all, you have to get a Sephardic certificate signed by the president or rabbi of your Jewish uh, community. If it can be done at the Jewish community of your place of birth or residence, even better. If not, uh, and there is no way you can do that in the U.S. because only a few organizations are certified by the Federation of Jewish Communities of Spain, and uh, there's no way that a Jew living in Alaska and having Sephardic ancestry can get a letter certifying his or her Sephardic heritage in Alaska because there is no such thing as a Jewish community in Alaska as far as I know. So he has to come all the way. And if it does exist, he's not working on this project. Well, it's not a Sephardic community. Uh, so there you go. So um, he the wouldn't frozen be able... chosen. That's right. what they call them. So, um, uh, so they have to come to Albuquerque or to the uh, Sephardic Temple Tiferet Israel or to Congregation Eza Bezeroth in Seattle or to any of the congregations in Miami or Atlanta to get his or her Sephardic letter. So, and, and the Spanish law allows to do that because according to section G of article 1.2 of the law, cualquier otra circunstancia que acredite fehacientemente el origen Sephardí del solicitante, you, you can do that. I mean, you're allowed to do that. So that's not a problem. Uh, but like I said, the key part of the process is to get a Sephardic certificate. Once you are done with that, U.S. applicants should be aware that they have to uh, work and study to pass 
a Spanish language exam, which can be taken at Instituto Cervantes, at any examination center of Instituto Cervantes in the U.S. or any other country where the applicant lives. Albuquerque is privileged to have a Jewish community working on certifying the Sephardic heritage of the applicants and an Instituto Cervantes office which allows applicants to take the DLA to Spanish language test and the CCSE test, the Spanish civics test at Instituto Cervantes. Those two things, the Sephardic certificate and the Spanish language test and the Spanish, the Spanish civics test are the most important um, part of the process. Once you are done once you are done with getting your Sephardic certificate and having passed these two tests at Instituto Cervantes, then you can think of um, moving forward in the process and getting the rest of the documents, uh, which are pretty easy to get. Um, it's time-consuming, but it's not as hard to get, you know, as these, you know, the Sephardic certificate and the test taken care of. So um, the most important things are to get the Sephardic certificate and the exams taken care of at Instituto Cervantes. After that, you have to have a special connection with Spain. And there are many ways of proving your special connection to Spain. You can donate to a Spanish NGO. You can uh, uh, prove that you've been an active member and doing many things at Instituto Cervantes in Albuquerque or at any other Instituto Cervantes offices all over the world. You can prove that you did Spanish studies in high school or at the university, and that proves your special connection to Spain. If you have a bank account, shares of a Spanish company, that proves your special tie to Spain. So there are many ways of proving your, spe your special connection with the country because the law requires that the applicant, that the qualifying applicant proves his or her Sephardic heritage and a special link to Spain other than passing uh, the uh, two tests at the Instituto Cervantes, uh, which is a must in the, in the process. After you're done with documents proving your Sephardic heritage, your special link to Spain and the exams at the, uh, the Instituto Cervantes is pretty straightforward. I mean, the applicant has to make a copy of his passport and then get a birth certificate. The birth certificate has to be authenticated by means of attaching or affixing uh, the seal of the apostille, which is an authentication, a validation of the document by the uh, U.S. authorities. If a document is produced in a state, for example, a birth certificate of the state of New Mexico has to be apostille, authenticated by the state of New Mexico. Uh, the criminal background check at the federal and state level has to be apostille depending on the authorities. The state level criminal background check has to be apostille by the state, whereas the federal criminal background check has to be apostilled there, meaning authenticated, validated by Washington, D.C. or Virginia um, by affixing the, the, the apostille. Once you are done with gathering those documents, you are ready to go. The process is pretty straightforward. You have to gather the documents, then you have to upload the documents into an electronic platform of the Ministry of Justice, which, is, um, which you can uh, get in the internet by clicking www.justicia.sefardies.notariado.org uh, You just open up a file for you, you fill in the information, you upload the documents, you select a notary in, which, in the city in which you want to sign your application because you have to travel to Spain to sign before the presence of the notary your desire, your wish, your application to gain the Spanish citizenship. And then after you travel to Spain, you sign before the notary you go back to your home country, you sit and wait till you get news from the Consulate of Spain, which is going to be competent for registering your birth certificate and Spanish citizenship and later give you the Spanish passport. And it takes between 
12 and 16 months in the US running from the date of signing before the notary, that's the average time, a waiting time, to get the Spanish passport. There are two consulates of Spain uh, which are taking longer. And this is not good news. And we are working uh, on making things easier for the people of Seattle or the state of Oregon or Northern California who depend on the consulate of Spain in San Francisco. The, consul the consulate of Spain in San Francisco doesn't have the staff and uh, the consul is overwhelmed with a lot of work. Um, therefore, the process is taking a long time in San Francisco. Los Angeles is taking uh, longer than the average time. Um, the consulates of Spain, as far as I know, uh, which are working efficiently in this matter are New York, Miami, and um, um, pretty much it. I mean, Miami and New York are the ones working uh, the most in, in, the, in this process. And then we'll see how Houston works. Uh, very soon, Houston will have the first cases approved and we'll see how they work in the process. Right, so for people living in New Mexico, it's the Houston consulate. Correct. Uh, the competent consulate of Spain for taking care of your paperwork, which is the final stage of the process. Once you signed before the notary public in Spain, your application to gain Spanish citizenship, you have to provide the notary originals of all these documents that we mentioned before, and then you go back to your home country. What happens is that you're going to get an email or a letter sent by the competent consulate of Spain to inform that you that the applicant has been granted the Spanish citizenship and that he or she has to appear before the consulate of Spain in order to, to, to take care of the final paperwork and pledge allegiance to the Spanish king obedience to the constitution and Spanish law prior to receiving the Spanish passport. My goodness. Um, and like I said, the competent consulate will be the consulate of Spain having jurisdiction, consular jurisdiction, uh, depending on your place of residence. If you live in New Mexico, the competent consulate will be New Mexico. However, if you were born in Ohio, oh. like Marvin Gottlieb, the president of the Jewish Federation of New Mexico, <laughs> but you live in New Mexico, uh -huh. he will be able to do his paperwork at the consulate of Spain in Houston. However, the competent consulate to register his citizenship will be the consulate of Spain in Chicago, oh, which is the one having consular jurisdiction wow, due, due to the place of birth. Fascinating. Well, thank you. It's a very detailed, it's, it has a lot of bureaucratic steps. And apostille, I mean, we're talking about this stamp, is something that you can get at the Secretary of State's office, which is a whole brand new area for us to learn. Americans usually aren't used to so much bureaucracy. Um, and so I think another part of this process that we have to be aware of is to have patience, to be able to, and be very detail-oriented, to be able to follow all of these incredible steps. But the end result could be becoming a dual national uh, with an EU country, which is really an incredible opportunity. But how long will it last? Um, how long will it last, the application process? Yes. Since I mean, you start? It may take, it depends, every applicant is different. I know people who started the process and in two months, Ana Maria Gallegos had his, her paperwork mm -hmm. uh, taken care of in two months. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are other applicants, and I won't say the names of some applicants from Panama, um, <laughs> took a year and a half right. you know, to gather all the documents. Why? Well, people have different priorities. You no, know? Of um, course, it's a difficult so process. It depends how serious you want to get this done. 
Right. But once you have all the documents and you sign before the notary, like I said, the average waiting time in America is between 12 and 16 months for you to get the Spanish passport. So, but also, doesn't the law expire on October 1st, it expires, 2018? Correct. The, the law opened a window, a three-year window uh, opportunity to file applications starting on, November, on, on October 1st, 2015 and ending on October 1st, 2018. However, uh, the Ministry of Justice is already working on... Um, on the you know on convincing the government of Spain to accord an extension of the law so that the time frame to file applications will be ending will be extended uh, until the 1st of October of 2019 this is not official yet but it's very likely that in a few months the government of Spain will make that announcement uh, extending uh, the deadline date until the 1st of October of 2019 however applicants should work under the real scenario which is that the law is going to be ending on the 1st of October of 2018. And applicants in the U.S. should be aware that those who are interested in the process must take the DELE A2 Spanish language test not later than May of 2018. Otherwise, they won't have the time to timely file his or her application so that the notary can electronically file with the Ministry of Justice the application before the deadline date. Wow. So there's a lot to do. And, and also so that you have to take all your tests by May and then it takes until, what, August to receive the results. Correct. So it takes, it takes about between three months, two, right? two or three months to get the results, the, the delay two results. And therefore, if you're going to get your results by the end of August, you have one month right. prior to the expiration of the law. So there's a lot of work to do. How many clients do you currently have, Luis? I have a few. Uh, I would rather keep the name to myself. <laughs> okay. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, um, all I can say that statistically speaking, uh, the Spanish government, as of July 17, um, 2017, has approved 1,082 citizenships so far. Uh, that number has probably increased to close to 2,000 applications, I'm sure. I will be getting the official statistics, the most recent official statistics pretty soon. However, like I said, as of July of this year, the government of Spain already approved 1,082 Spanish citizenships and 1,500 signed before the notary are awaiting a decision by the Ministry of Justice and, and I am sure that those will be granted too. Um, I can say that Venezuela is the number one country in the world with 222 Spanish citizenships as of July 17, 2017 and that the US is the fifth uh, country in the world with uh, close to 100 uh, Spanish citizenships as of July of this year. So that's uh, still a small number. It's a small number, but uh, 8,000 people have initiated the process wow. to sign before the presence of the notary. And most of them will, uh, um, will close um, the process and will be signing before the notary. So we're talking, my guess is that uh, 12,000 people will we'll have the time to file uh, their applications to gain Spanish citizenship. And we, that, that will be the number. Wow. By the end of the process, we will be having close to 10,000 um, Spanish citizenships approved. Wow, my goodness. But was the government expecting many more people? Or is that what they're expecting about 10,000? The Spanish 000? government at the very beginning, uh, before the law was approved, Alfred, Alfredo Prada, which is the, uh, he is the president of the uh, Justice Commission in the Spanish co uh, Congress back in... He was the uh, president of the Justice uh, Commission, the Justice Committee. 
uh, the Spanish Congress back in June of uh, 2015 estimated that the Spanish government would uh, get between 90,000 and 190,000 applications. Wow. Um, the, the number uh, was significantly uh, reduced by the Federation of Jewish Communities of Spain, which thought uh, at the time that mm, the law would not allow more than 40,000 applications to be filed because mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not easy. I mean, you no. have to pass exams and you have to have a real commitment yes. in order to acquire the Spanish citizenship. It's not easy to prove your Sephardic ancestry. It's not easy um, to pass the test at the Instituto Cervantes. And it's time consuming mm-hmm. and it costs money. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, to gather all the documents, to um, legalize the documents, uh, sign before the notary, costs money. Um, you know, an applicant can expect to spend between four and $5,000 dollars if he wants to get if he or she wants to right. uh, get the Spanish citizenship so wow. not many people can afford to do that Indeed. unfortunately um, that's the way it is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's fascinating but I know it's a little bit simpler process for children and uh, easier process do you want to oh yeah children have a tremendous opportunity because they don't have to take any test at the Instituto Cervantes applicants under 18 years old or those who are over 70 years of age do not have to take any Spanish language test or Spanish civics test at the Instituto Cervantes office. Um, So that opens a window of opportunity for the younger generations. And I encourage the younger generations in America who can prove that they have a Sephardic heritage to take advantage of this one-in-a-lifetime opportunity because I don't know if this is going to ever happen again. Um, uh, when this law expires, the only way to prove your uh, Sephardic heritage and, and gain Spanish citizenship will be, or may be, a harder path. Mm-hmm. So, um, it is, it is. It allows you to live, study, and work not only in Spain, but in any other member state of the European Union. So, you're talking about 27 countries without counting uh, the United Kingdom, because wow, unfortunately, these guys are leaving us. Well, we do have applicants from the UK now, <laughs> too. London they? has a, a very big Sephardic community. Right. One of the Indeed. most important ones in the world, right. as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where can we learn more about this process? A very interesting question, because uh, there are not very many websites, including information in English language, uh, explaining in simple words uh, how this whole application process works. And I highly recommend applicants to check on the website of the Jewish Federation of New Mexico because it is probably the best website in the world um, drafted in English, explaining in very clear and simple words how this entire process works and giving very informative um, you know, details about the, the entire process, how to prove your Sephardic certificate, um, your Sephardic heritage, how to get your criminal background checks, how to gather and work on your birth certificates, um, um, what are the steps that you have to take once you have gathered all the documents to go sign before the notary. Uh, very interesting. And then Congregation Eza Bezarov has great information in its website as well, together with uh, Congregation Orbe Shalom in Atlanta. Those three, in my opinion, are probably the best websites. Uh, but to me, um, the, 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 the website with um, 
more detailed information about the, the process is definitely sephardiccertificate.org, which is the website of the Jewish Federation of New Mexico. So go to sephardiccertificate.org and check on it. I mean, you, applicants are going to like it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we worked we worked hard to make the information as clear as possible for people all over the world. Thank you so much, Luis. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you. It's really informative, and we really appreciate all that you are doing in your work, um, traveling to Sephardic communities across the world to let them know about this incredible opportunity and all the, that you've been here already four times to let people know in New Mexico because we have so many individuals here who have a converso past. Mm. And you've really opened up a whole a whole new door for them. Mm. And we do appreciate it it's so much. It's been a pleasure. I mean, this project is one, probably the most beautiful project that I have ever worked uh, in, in my life, together with the presidency of the Asociación Víctimas del Terrorismo. Because uh, my father, as many of you know, uh, was shot by uh, the terrorist... Uh, um, group ETA uh, back in 2000 and my brother and I were became active activists in the fight against terror in Spain so um, that project together with this one are definitely the, the, the most filling and uh, enriching projects of my life and I'm proud to be part of it and honored to be part of you know a modest part of it it's an, it's an honor for us to have you thank you as well and we thank Likewise. you so much thank, thank you, you. Thank you. That's it for this edition of High Desert Radio. Thanks so much for listening. High Desert Radio is the voice of the Jewish Federation of New Mexico. Remember, in order for us to continue providing quality programs like High Desert Radio and to continue our work in service to Jewish seniors, Holocaust survivors, low-income families, children, young professionals, Israel, and more, the Jewish Federation of New Mexico relies entirely on the generosity of listeners like you. Make your contribution today to jewishnewmexico.org. Remember, you can subscribe to this series on iTunes and be sure to visit us at jewishnewmexico.org. Till next time, for High Desert Radio, I'm David Wolf. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $600 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that's right for you with accessories like our cycling shoes, a heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends December 6th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6th, 2022. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.